So I want, I want to talk tonight about, just for a little while, about kind of asking you the question, what are you doing with the Word? Because the Word will do whatever you do with it. And I want you to think about that tonight. So we're going to look at just a number of verses of Scripture, and I've got several things that I want to say about each of these verses of Scripture, and then you'll see at the end of this what we're really talking about at the end of this message. Matthew 12 and verse 37. And I want to say this as you're turning there. The Word of God will determine the outcome. The Word of God will determine the outcome, but the world will determine the outcome also. So, if you're doing something with the Word, then you're going to get the outcome of the Word. But if you're operating in the world's way of thinking and operating in the system of the world, if that's where you're operating, and, and you know, we, you've heard me say this before many times, but the world says you can believe something when you see it. God says the, the seeing is in the believing. Right. And we have to break that down and process it in everything that we are facing where the Word of God is needing to be applied. Okay? Where the Word of God is needing to be applied. Now, you're going to see what my point is here in a minute. Matthew 12 and verse 37, For by your words you will be justified. The the Amplified says this, For by your words you will be justified and acquitted. And by your words you will be condemned or sentenced. Another translation uh, that I was reading today, I can't remember which one it was, but it, it says something like, For by your words you will be justified or made free and by your or by your words you will be condemned or sentenced and be in bondage so what what i said to you earlier the word produces what you do with it if the words of my mouth are backing god's word i'm declaring what god has already said is so then i'm going to that the word will produce that But if I'm saying things out of my mouth according to the Word, but I'm believing what I see, the Word won't produce that. It'll produce what I believe. Alright, now follow with me. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 21. 1 Peter 1 and 21. This is a great verse. Well, let's look at verse 22. For since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, as you've obeyed the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through what? Through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because All flesh is as grass. All flesh is like grass. Mm -hmm. 
Did your hair grow? And then Vanessa has to cut it off, right? Do your fingernails and your toenails grow? You cut them off. Does your yard grow? Mm, you mow it down, or you're supposed to, right? All flesh is like grass. You get some dry skin and you rub it off. You do use whatever kind of buffers. <laughs> some guys use, you know, like a Tim Toolman Tool Taylor, his kind of buffer machine, you know, is like really rough, coarse sandpaper, you know. <clears throat> but people have dead skin and they rub it off. All flesh is like grass. And, and, and how, do, how does it define that? And all the glory of man as the flower of the grass, the grass withers and, the, and its flower, it falls away. But what lasts forever? The word of the Lord. So see, in your day-to-day walk, you have to be applying the word. Because if you're not applying God's word, and I'm going to explain that a little bit deeper, if you're not applying the word, then you're applying your unrenewed mind. And everybody's got one. I don't care who you are, how much word you have in you, everybody has parts of their soul that are not renewed, and we are renewing. It's called, the, it's called soul salvation, and it's a continual thing. It's, it's my mind being like it's being born again every day. But if I'm not applying the Word, then, it, then, I'm just, then it's just sitting there. And your flesh is going through its motions. You're living life. A lot of times you wake up in the morning, you don't even want to get out of bed. People don't get frustrated and all that kind of... Because we're not applying the Word. We were created to apply the Word. What does that mean? We were created... To live our life where we hear ourselves saying things that God has already said is so before we see them. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things I say every day because of what I want to see. And it's very easy to say what I see today if it's not right. It's very easy to do that. We're not talking about what's easy. We're talking about what's going to produce. Amen? The Word will do whatever you do with it. Amen? So, so, if the Word of God is producing the outcome, I guess a question is, what outcome do you and I want? Alright, here's another verse. John 8 in verse 32. Most of you have heard this verse. But let's just look at it. 8 and 32. Jesus said here, let's look at verse 31. And Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, what else could you abide in? The world. There's only the world and the word. There isn't anything else to abide in because it's two ways of thinking. And there's not, well, you know, I'm just not as extreme in the Word maybe as someone else. Then you're thinking like the world. Well, not necessarily. Yeah, necessarily, yes, absolutely. You're either thinking like the world or you're thinking like the Word. Right? And so, he said, 
he's telling these Jews that believe, if you abide in my word, then you become, in other words, what happens is the disciple of Jesus is developed because you're, you're, now you're thinking like him and you're talking like him. Verse 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth, which is the word, will do what? It will make you free. So I've got to be busy talking what I want to see, and what, if you're abiding in the Word and you're meditating the Word, all the Word's going to speak to you is, is freedom. God never talks bondage. He talks about how to get out of bondage, but He never talks bondage. He always talks liberty and freedom. He said, I'll know the truth. What truth? The truth that I've been applying. Everybody say apply. apply. That word's going to connect in the last scripture that I read. It's the word that I apply to situations. Every time that I have a thought that is contrary to God's thought, it doesn't matter if it's the first thing out of bed, if it's throughout the day, if it's because what someone else said. Anybody have some thoughts about the phones not working today? Yeah. Man. Three times in six months. Right? And the last word I got is somebody cut the cord again. I wouldn't want him around when a baby's being born. <laughs> Got the wrong cord. Man. Hmm? I had some thoughts. And, and, and you, you know, so, I, I, actually, when, when I got in service, I had still a little bit of that tinge. I turned around and said, you ladies... Uh, like it with no phones today? And she said, their phones worked. <laughs> so maybe I need to switch from eight to no. But I didn't even need to say that. You understand? Because of what that breeds. And, 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 and what it'll not only breed, what it gets you thinking about is the negative of something. And all day I just purposed, whatever. Just stayed around Wi-Fi so I could text. And communicate. But you know what? It doesn't matter. That doesn't rule my life unless I let it. So what do I have to do? Grip my teeth and just try. No. I had to apply the word. Right? So I had to hear myself speaking the word. And what it did is it calmed my soul down. Because there's all kinds of things every day that want to stir your soul up. And the word applied will calm it down. If you, abide, if you abide in me, then you are my disciples indeed. And you'll know the truth. And the truth you apply to situations like this will set you free. Amen? We have to practice it every day. And this year is about understanding that God has already supplied us with everything that we need to overcome in every situation. It's already done. And we have to understand that.
Can you say amen? Hebrews 4 and verse 12. Hebrews 4 and 12. We're talking about the Word. Verse 12, For the Word of God is living, and it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of what? Soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Listen to this. It's a little longer in the Amplified, but listen. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it what? Making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. The word applied is effective because it will produce whatever you do with it. Amen? It's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and of the joints and the marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the thoughts and the purposes of the heart. And what that says in a nutshell, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on that, is this. That your soul, your spirit man, and your flesh can be affected and disrupted. And your soul and your flesh can have wrong thoughts and wrong ideas. And the Word will come and discern if you'll apply it. When your body wants to do something as a result of what it sees and hears that you don't need to be doing, the Word, if it's applied, will come in and shut you down. The Word will. Because your soul will choose to do what the Word says if you're applying it. See, you can think it. You can know what it says. And you can talk about it like in the past. But if you're not applying it to the present day and situations that you're facing, then it won't work. It won't come in and discern and decide what's right or wrong. The Word of God will tell you, shut your mouth about complaining about the phone's not working. The Word of God will do that. See, but I have to apply that. The Word of God will come in if somebody's ugly to you at work and you want to get even and, and you want to get, allow bitterness and a root of bitterness to rise up or something to rise up in your heart. The Word of God will come in and discern it. it didn't, the Bible doesn't say those situations and opportunities aren't coming our way. The more you do the Word, the more opportunities you'll have. But the Word applied will discern and show you what's right. And you know what it'll do? It'll go right to your spirit man that's one with the Holy Ghost. And he'll reveal it right in a moment. Bam! Amen. Right then. Shut it down. Then I can choose right then. And the more I learn to choose what God says, the more I'll choose what God says. But I have to know what he says. And I have to learn that when I make that choice, when my flesh is screaming or my head's screaming, I don't want to do that. I don't want to react that way. I want to retaliate. I want to come back at someone about a specific thing or whatever it is. If I'm not actively applying the Word on a day-to-day basis, I'm going to give in to my flesh and into my soul, the unrenewed part of my soul. I'll give in to it. You will. I promise you, you will. And you know you will because you have. And I'm looking at everybody. The Word of God is sharper. And it's active. And it's effective. Glory to God. Amen? 
So, I want you to look at, I've got four little passages left to read, and I want you to think about a couple things here, okay? Um, in Luke 2, there's two verses in Luke 2, verse 40 and verse 52. And you know the story when, when uh, Jesus, um, it was at the beginning of his life and he was growing and his family had gone to Jerusalem and then they left and then they realized he wasn't there. I don't know how you go two days and not realize where your kid is and go back and try to find him. But I guess so. And they did. And, um, and, and he was in the synagogue teaching. And he, um, and the Bible says during this time period, he was about 13, 12 or 13 years old. And verse 40 says, um, so the family returns to, to Nazareth, and verse 40 says, and the child grew, and he became strong in spirit, he became strong in what? In spirit. And, and what happened when he became strong in spirit? He was filled with wisdom. The Bible says that the wisdom of God and the Word of God are synonymous. You can't separate the Word of God and the wisdom of God. He was filled with the Word. And so here it says, he became strong in spirit. Filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. I was telling my wife this the other day, and, and this just dawned on me. I mean, I, I, I kind of, I, I began to weep and, about this, and I was, I, I, as I was reading, I, I, I read through the Gospels every day, and I was reading, and I came to this place where Jesus, it was, it was one of them, I, I guess it was in the last part of Luke 3, and it said, Jesus came to John to be baptized in the, in the Jordan River. And he was baptized in the river, and all of a sudden, the heavens opened, and the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Right then, he was 30 years old. We don't have, I mean, I was reading this, and it just hit me. We don't have an account in Scripture that Jesus ever had a confirmation like that before that baptism. His uncle, Zacharias, had a visitation from an angel. His aunt, Elizabeth, had a visitation from an angel. His mother, Mary, had a visitation from an angel, and his, his earthly father, Joseph, had a visitation from an angel. So, as he was growing, surely they talked about it all the time. But he had to believe that by faith. There's no account that he had a visitation from an angel that you're the Son of God. I never thought about it as I read that. So, he gets baptized out of obedience to the Word. He gets baptized in the River Jordan, and the Father says, you're my boy. Mm 
I'm well pleased. After 30 years, I love you. You're my boy, and you're going to do what's, what's right. And you're going to fulfill this thing. Because he was our elder brother, and he prepared the way for you and I to be free and be people that can apply the word and get the same results that he got. Right? The only difference in him is that he was the living word. The difference in him is that he came from the sperm of the father and not from a human being. We came indirectly from God. He came directly from the Father. That's the difference. And it's the Son of God that was sent and manifested for us. And you and I are sons and daughters of God. And, and John 17 says, God loves you as much as He loves Jesus. That's why we have to take the Word and we have to apply it. Amen? Amen? And in applying it, in applying it, we become filled with wisdom and understanding and we grow spiritually so that our soul doesn't talk us out of the promises of God. Because your soul and your flesh want to talk you out of the promises. And in verse 52 it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. He increased in wisdom, in the word, and in stature, and in favor with God and man. <clears throat> That's you and I. Everybody say this, re repeat this after me. I increase, I increase. in wisdom, wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and man, just like Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen? Mark chapter 9. And then I'm going to read the last two verses that will drive my point home tonight. Mark chapter 9 and verse 14. And when he came to the disciples, Jesus is talking about, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? And then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who, is a mute, who, who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples and, and that they should cast it out, and they could not. Everybody said they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, Jesus asked this guy's father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From, from childhood. And often he is thrown uh, often and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him but if you can do anything have compassion on us and help us Jesus said to him if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears Lord I believe but help my unbelief and so Jesus didn't do anything after that right no no he honored the man's the man's truthfulness. 
I'm struggling in my head, but I believe what you said. See, there's nothing wrong with that if we, unless we don't stay on top of ridding our heads of the unbelief. Your head's going to scream out and say, yeah, but look what it looks like, and look what they said, and look at this situation, and what about this? It's going to scream. We've got to shut it up and fill our mouths with what God says is so in His Word, and whatever you do with the Word, it will produce. I believe that's what this year is about. You know why? Because He's already finished everything He's going to do. I just have to line myself up with what He says is so. When Jesus saw the people... Um, yeah, when Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said he's dead. Why? Because they're moved by what they see. But Jesus took him by the hand, he lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? Now watch this. And he said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. So Jesus cast it out. So what did that mean? That, mean, that, meant, that meant that Jesus prayed and he fasted. The disciples couldn't do it. Why? Because they weren't praying and fasting. They were watching. They were watching things that were going on. They were a part of it. They didn't want him to leave. Who would want Jesus to leave with all the miracles? My gosh, right? And he told them, he said, it'll profit you if I go away, because if I go away, then the same spirit in me that's doing the work can do it through you. No, we don't want you to leave. We, we want to be spectators and watch all the glory. Jesus said, no, I want you to participate in the glory. And the only way this happens and things happen is that you, you in your life step up to another level. And the way we do that is learning how to pray. What is real prayer? It's connection and communication with God. It's learning to understand Him and applying what He says to do in ways that you've never applied. Now watch this. You say, well, okay, so what do you mean by applying? Okay, I'm going to end with this. 3 John 2 says this. My children, above all things, I pray that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Uh, Give me, give me that 3 John 2. The, the little John. There it is. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, we've talked about in the past that soul prosperity is the renewing of the mind, and it is. It's, it's, it's your mind being renewed, but it's, it's more than that. It, 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 it's deeper than that. And I want to define what your soul prospering really is out of Proverbs 4 and verse 20 through 22. 
Proverbs 4, verse 20. I want you to get this tonight, what I'm, what I'm fixing to give to you. Um, so, he said above everything that his desire is that you and I be in health and that we prosper. How many could say that's at the top of your lists? I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't want to be well and be advancing, right, and prospering in all that they do. And, and he said, God said that that's his desire for you. And if he's already done everything that it's going to take for you to prosper, then you just need to be involved in what he's doing. But how do we do that, okay, is the question. And I've used the word apply all night, and I want you to think about something in a minute as I read this, these three verses in Proverbs 4. I want you to think about how to apply the word. You may, have, you, you, you may have one understanding of that right now. You may have the understanding that I'm going to give you right now. That's good. But we can, have, we can have knowledge of it in our head, but if we're not applying, then it's not producing. And remember, if your thought processes are not bathed in the Word, then your thought processes are of the world. Okay? And, and somewhere in life, you, you, you have to settle that yourself. I mean, I'm telling you that, and you can think, eh, that's not, no, I, I'm, I'm telling you it's so, but you've got you to gotta win that over on the inside of you. you gotta, you've got to get that settled. That you're either thinking like God in every given situation, or you're thinking like the world. I was in a meeting the other day in, an, in another town. I had to go out of town, and I was in a meeting with a guy. And um, this guy was w- one of the most positive people I think I've ever met, but not in an obnoxious way. And, and, and he, he, he really got my attention because I had to present something to him for him to consider. And I could almost hear him tell me, okay, well, here's our problem. And he listened to what I said, and he goes, here's our options. So to get to where we want to get, we can do either this, this, or this. And this is how we're going to get there. I mean, but, but it wasn't just that simple. I mean, it was in about an hour-long conversation. But in the conversation... This guy was so positive and so encouraging, and he didn't have to be. He didn't have to be encouraging with me at all. And I walked away from that meeting, and the Holy Spirit said, and this guy's not born again. He's, he's, a, he's from a, another country, believes other things other than what we believe. But I'm telling you, that guy ministered to me. And he brought a challenge to my heart about what I'm sharing with you tonight. 
And these things, I already had this prepared as I'm sharing with you tonight, but it's even stronger in me by being in that man's presence. And you know what God said to me? He said, I want you to have that same impact on other people. Amen. You know? And the only way you can do that is if you are applying my word personally so that you're not just talking about the word, but you're applying the word. Now watch this. Proverbs 4 and verse 20. My son, yes, Father, give attention to my words. If you're taking notes, make a number one right there. And ask yourself the question, how do you give attention to the Word? How do you give attention? Because Father in this Scripture is saying, Son, daughter, give attention to my words. Then he explains a little more. Incline your ear to, in other words, my words. So be listening to my words. Don't let my words depart from your eyes. So, number one, give attention. Number two, incline your ear. Number three, okay God, how do I let my eyes attend to you? Not, not, not letting your word depart from my eyes or what I see. Just a minute, I'm going to share that with you. Watch this. For the words are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. In my margin, the word health there, and in, and in the Hebrew, the word health there is defined as the word medicine. So, the words that are life to those that find them. They are medicine to those that will apply it. Have you ever had some kind of a rash on your body or whatever and you... What's that, what's that stuff you... Sometimes we put on like Caladryl. Yeah, on a... You get a... Um, yeah, but a cotton ball. What am I trying to say? You get a cotton ball. Yeah, cotton ball, cotton ball. Come on, come on. Uh, it sounds like ball, yeah. It's white, it's round, it's little, it's... No. Um, but So you get a cotton ball and you rub that caladrill on there. Man, it feels good. I mean, that thing is itching. If you get a flea bite or a mosquito bite or something, and, and, it, and it gets real puffed up, you know, and you, and you rub that caladrill. Ooh, man. First I curse it. Name of Jesus. And then I read the calendar log. And it feels really good. But if you don't rub it on, it won't work. The bottle can be sitting there. You can look at it. You can shake it and hear it in the bottle. And it won't do anything for the itch. Hmm? You have to apply it. Okay? So the applying process of everything that we've talked about tonight 
is in those four things we just mentioned. Give attention, right? Incline your ear. Don't let it depart from your eyes and keep it where? In the midst of your heart. Because if it's not in the midst of you, if you're not spending the time, now listen, everybody's busy. Anybody in here not busy? You're just sitting around doing nothing in your life? I mean, I, I, I don't know anybody that's doing that. Everybody's busy. And, and when you, you know, I know even when I used to preach the word in my early years, you know, I mean, I'd freaking yell and scream, and it sounded like, you know, that um, we, you got, you, bless God, you got to spend all day in the word. And if you don't, not going to work. But it's not like that. I mean, God will take five minutes of you devoting and dedicating your time to the Word. He'll take five minutes. And, and that five minutes will produce when it's something that you believe in. And, and you'll turn it in to 10 and 15 and 20 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day or an hour or two hours or whatever you spend. But then what happens is it becomes so a way of life that you think it, you operate in it all the time. You don't, you don't have to be somewhere on your knees to confess the word. You can be driving down the road. Greater is he that is in it. Father, I just thank you. You can be listening to a song. Something out of the song starts ministering to you. You begin to thank God. I was driving home from somewhere a while back, and, and, and it was a song on, on a CD I was playing. Man, I just begin to weep over this word in that that just touched my heart. I mean, why would I want to be busy and involved in all kinds of other things that are distracting my ability to stay focused so that all the time when things come, not if they come, when they come, I will apply the word in a given situation. But if I'm not, if my ears are listening to everything else, and my eyes are looking at everything else, and my heart is filled with everything else, right? And there's no attention. I mentioned that about attention, then I gotta quit. But how do you give attention to the word? Look. No, look. Look. Look at that thing on the wall. As you look over there, you're giving attention to that. Right? You're, 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 you're focused. You're paying attention. What are you giving attention and paying attention to? So, progressively, we just have to change where our attention goes. And the more I change where I'm giving my attention to, that's when... I step into that higher level of prayer and connection with God that things begin to manifest. When you, when you apply the Word, when you apply the caladrill, or you have something that you're, I'm seeing it like the form of some kind of a gel or whatever that you're applying, but you, you start applying that to a wound or whatever it is, when you're applying it, it becomes well. I can't tell you how many things in my life have changed over a period of time when I stay dedicated to applying the Word over a situation. Lord, I thank You right now 
that this pain in my body, I declare that Jesus himself took my infirmities and he carried my diseases. And by his stripes I'm healed. I command the pain to leave now. Every day. Multiple times a day. It's like I'm doing this to that pain. I'm doing this. I'm applying it, but I'm applying it with my mouth. But I'm spending my days continually giving attention, letting my eyes spend more time focused on the things of God than the things of the world. Because if you're focused and you're meditating on the world and its way of thinking, it's going to rule. And what gets left out is your spirit man. He just kind of sits over on the sidelines while your flesh and your soul take over and rule what goes on in your life. And it will. I'm telling you, it will. And, and the Spirit of God will not force its way in and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, shut up. I'm taking over. He won't. You have to be in control of that. And it's the Word that your spirit listens to. And it's, your, it's the Word that causes things to begin to manifest. And I'm telling you, in this year, the wholeness that God's already prepared, has already finished for you and I, the completeness in our life means that there's not anything that I can't accomplish because it's actually already been accomplished. But then I have to take that and implement it in my own life. It won't just, just because Jesus did what he did, it won't, you won't see the implementation in your life unless you apply the word. I can't say it any simpler than that. And, and, and it's simple, but if it was easy, everybody would do it. It's not easy because you are riddled and rattled every day with things you hear, things that are demanding your attention. He said, give attention to my word. There's all kinds of things demanding attention from you all the time, all the time. There's things that you hear that, that are totally contrary to the word. Things you see with your eyes that are totally contrary to the word. But thank God that he knew we would face this. He knew the struggles that we would have and that we would face, but he overcame. So today we declare we're overcomers. Amen? There's nothing that will win in our lives. Nothing. Nothing that is not of God that will win in your or my life. Not sickness, not disease, not lack of any kind, not oppression of any kind, not, not fear of any kind, not anything that is not of God will win in our lives unless we give up and we don't learn how to apply the word in every situation. Amen?